If you enjoy Our Sinclair and want to support the show, please visit our page at patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Head Over Heels. Sing it. Aaron. Head Over Heels. Remember that song? Uh-uh. You don't, really? No. Okay. Who well. sang that? That was Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's. Oh. Was that when she went solo? No, she was with the Go-Go's. She was, but she sang that particular part there. Nah. You remember the Go-Go's? Vacation, all I ever wanted. Nah, I think that's the only one I know. Did they, they have albums and stuff? Yes, they were around for a long time. Okay. Well, tell me about the first time you were head over heels in love, Aaron. First time I picked up an Amiga. <laughs> no, I want to know about... I want to know about... The first time that you set eyes on who you thought would be the future Mrs. Dowdy. Well, let's see. I gotta go way back in the time machine here. Um, I was very infatuated with Gabriella Sabatini. That's an awesome name. I mean, yeah. you could almost she just would, love the name on its own. She was a pro tennis player. I believe, out of, believe she was out of Spain. Mm-hmm. I just thought she was super good looking and was a good tennis player. So. Yeah. You know, and I, the, the whole package, really. I'm trying to think. You got to think. I've been around for a while, so my early childhood infatuation is so long ago. I don't even remember. You know, and those people were long. I'll tell you. Um, um, have you ever seen the Newhart show, the original one, where he was the psychiatrist? Yes. He his, fell into an elevator shaft. His wife uh, was, I thought, it was Suzanne Plachette. Mm-hmm. I liked her. I thought she was a real good-looking chick back in the day. And Jillian was another one. I, so I'm going to go with those three. Those are good choices. What about okay. you? Claire Danes. Claire. Danes. My so-called life. She was just a little bit older than I was. Man, yeah, I don't know about that one. But well, Claire you were in Dane. your mid forties. Claire Danes, though. I mean, she's not very exotic or anything. Well, Gabriella no. Sabatini. That's exotic. Man, I know where Claire. I, I know where my ceiling was. <laughs> Even as a child, you, you had realistic, realistic I, outlook. Yeah. You might have a chance with Claire Danes. <laughs> she kind of wanted me. Give me a break. So, yeah. There's no, there's no way to segue from Claire Danes into this week's game. God, man. Look at this. Pixels, he's with me. Well, there Thanks, you go. Pixels. There's one guy. Gabriele Sabatini, currently 87 years old, by the way. <sighs> she is not. Give me a break. She's if like she's, Diana Ross in the Wiz. If she's listening, I would love to hear her come over here and just beat you with a racket. Oh, well, there's no question. I mean, I'd pay that. to watch that. <laughs> yeah. So this week, Aaron, we're going to talk about... Uh, this is another isometric title. Why do you think... Why do you think the Spectrum was so... Why are there so many isometric titles on this on the it's, Spectrum, do you It's think? funny you should ask that. Uh, because I was pondering the same thing. If you look through like a... I, I, uh, remember that Spectrum book that we got? It's uh, it's a little hardback book. Yeah, Chris Fold sent Chris that Chris Fold sent mm-hmm. that lovely book. And I was looking through it just this week. And there are quite a few isometric games mentioned in there. Yeah. And I was thinking that... Because I really... I don't think graphically... I mean, it's not like other systems can't do them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I guess it's just a fundamental difference in programming, I think. Uh, you know, a different way to approach it. And it became, I think maybe some people saw how one person pulled it off and it worked, and they saw, okay, we can, you can use this for other games like this. I mean, I, but, I mean, that's just a guess. I don't know. My personal theory has to do with the fact that you're dealing with a limited color palette. Yeah. And you can draw an isometric scene in great detail in one color, and it still looks cool. Kind of like an MC Escher type thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, that's also true. It, it, you can you can do I mean, we've played, what, two of these things now, and they've mm-hmm. both been uh, well drawn, yeah. I mean, uh, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, you might be right, but. So let's talk about this week's game, 
head over heels. So, now, just to start off, the working title of this, much worse, Foot and Mouth. Why they thought that this would be an awesome idea, and they fought for this title too. Ocean was like, get out, <laughs> yeah. get that out, try again. Yeah, this is not a great, especially in Britain at this time, like this is this is not a good time. So this this game was authored, they had a little team of people here that worked on this, but uh, John Rittman, uh, and, and who, who'd done Match Day uh, 1 and 2, and Batman, and, and some of these, I don't, I know Batman, because it's another isometric yeah, game. Yeah, man. And then Dark Star, which I think is a cool, I used to go to a bar called that down in Louisville. Wasn't that the name place. of a cartoon with a cowboy, like a futuristic space I've cowboy? I've seen that, it's a real cheap ca- cartoon yeah. now, I can't remember, I may be, I don't know. Then Forbidden Planet, I can only hope that it's based on the film, and On the Run. So, but uh, Rittman, a guy named Bernie Drummond, uh, a fellow named F. David Thorpe, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I wanted to mention him because he also worked on Beachhead 2, which I'm covering oh, okay. this week on ARG, uh, and Guy Stevens. So this had, they had a, they had a, a four guys working on this. I think uh, uh, there's a music guy in there, there's a graphics guy, there's a programmer. Uh, this is a one-player game on the uh, 48K or the 128K, and it gives you a good... I'll, we'll start off with that fact that I like the fact that it gives you a good array of control options. You've got all your joysticks covered. Yeah. It's got an easy to set up uh, keyboard setup mm-hmm. area so you can make sure the controls because the controls are going to be vital in this. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, you want to guess the original price of this when it came when it was released in 87? Take a, take a shot in pounds. Boy, this was probably a full price release. I'd say $29.99. Oh, way off, boat. Eight eight pounds, really? Seven, seven pound ninety nine p. Yeah, cheap as chips. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, um, so when this game came out, I guess the guys were like, "Okay, we're bringing this game out." So, what's the backstory? And they put this backstory. Together. I'll listen. Did you know? Did you read the? I read the docs on this. This is insane. It is. It's the. It's one of the strangest, <laughs> yeah. goofiest things. Here, let me flip over to it. So, um, Hedius Malthian and Footus Underium. Those are the two guys. Mm-hmm. Are two spies from the planet Freedom? Of course they are. They are sent to Blacktooth to liberate the enslaved planets of Penitentiary, Safari, Bookworld, and Egyptus, and then to defeat the Emperor to pre- prevent further planets falling under his rule. Captured and separated, the spies are placed in prison headquarters at Castle Blacktooth, and must first escape, then break through the market to uh, the orbiting Moon base where they can teleport down to the planets and reobtain the stolen crowns. All right, and eventually when they throw over to the Emperor, uh, they can return to Planet Freedom as heroes. Now, that's a pretty crazy plot. Here's my, here's the way I'd do it. Yeah. I'd be like, here's Wacky Dog Guy. He's going to team up with Wacky Catfoot, and yeah. they're going to have some fun adventures. Well, Rittman admitted that the storyline lacked any connection to the game. <laughs> and in an interview, I'd read something like this on Wiki. In an interview... Uh, for Edge magazines, he he stated that he made the whole game up and then added the bull blank in the last ten minutes. That's what he said. I can believe that one hundred percent. That sounds a lot like hacked outy. Yes. that's the way I would have done it too. It's, oh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, so uh, this game uh, was also real. now here. Here's something else I didn't know. This game came out for other machines. Apparently, it came out for the Amiga. Yes. Which mm-hmm. I, have you tried the Amiga no, version? No, no. I knew there was an Amiga port though. Uh, the Amstrad. Now I've read people that their opinion is the Amstrad version is your is your premier version uh, for that level of computer. Mm-hmm. You got the Atari 8-bit and the C64, and apparently there's an unofficial version for the Commodore Plus 4. 
So it, we've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good, uh, pretty uh, wide release. There. Yeah. So let's talk about this isometric, uh, peculiar game. Let's mm -hmm. just go with that. You play two characters, and this is you can switch back and forth uh, to uh, at your leisure. And you could even get them together briefly. There's a one room where there's a fence between them, and mm -hmm. they're separated. Uh, and you move these guys to this isometric, um, let's call it a prison or dungeon or mm -hmm. whatever you want to do. Now, I don't know how far you got. I, I don't know how far I got, to be honest with well, you. Well, it's yeah, it's really hard to, to mask or to, uh, to track your progress in this game. This is a game where... It, mapping is is very essential, which I didn't do. Me neither. <laughs> so, but yes, I tried to memorize where I was going. I I will say that's not what got me. What got me is just getting to the point where I didn't know what I was. I, well, I'll get to it. So, like Boat said, you play basically a, a you play a a head mm -hmm. and then a, a body with a yeah. face basically, and uh, the the head can jump real high. All right, and, and so you've got that going for you. And I believe the body can actually carry stuff in a sack, I believe is the, is the gimmick. Although I never came across, I came across the items and I picked them up, mm -hmm. and, but I don't know what they did or what they're used for. Do you? Yeah, like the, the donuts you can fire. No, the like donuts I know, but yeah. I picked like a briefcase up, for example. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know what, know what that those was. do. So the, basically, there are like 300 rooms in this thing, which is a ton. It's mm. amazing. Yeah. It's an amazing amount of rooms in this. And this game, it's not fast paced, uh, but it is a. Um, can we go with arcade action, or well, what would you? How would you yeah. describe this? I game? mean, I, I would. I would call it. Uh, this is an arcade puzzle, or it's like an action puzzler. Right. Okay. Sure. That's yeah. a, yes. Uh, it's definitely a puzzle game. So as you pre as you go through this uh, uh, through this uh, jail or prison, you will come across many different rooms with of many different sizes and shapes. Uh, they all have, uh, well, they often have with archways to come in and out of, okay? And each room, in some rooms are just totally, just you just walk in and out of mm -hmm. them, all right? And in some rooms will have obstacles or uh, objectives. Um, there's often rooms that have spikes on the floor, that old chestnut where you, if you hit them, you, your guy dies. And each one of your characters has a different set of lives. Uh, and, so you, you, and so you can actually... If, kill one guy and, and have the other one live and you pretty much from what I've read you're boned if that right. happens um, your guys can jump uh, one of, the head can shoot uh, if he's got donuts and you make your way through here now a lot of the, main, a lot of the puzzle elements are uh, there's are, which I didn't realize how I, this is unusual to me that this this old that they did this they've got games where you can or they've got things where you have to push an item in front of a doorway to jump up and get the places mm -hmm. they've got Places where you have to, uh, there are platforms moving up and down with like a propeller on the bottom. You have to jump on top of them. They go up a different level. They've got these real wacky uh, rooms where there's uh, these nubs, and you ram into them, and they control this like remote controlled. Like it looks almost like a. Uh, it's like a chess piece. It does look like a or like a. Uh, my brain. Uh, or like, like an Easter East or you know, Island you know, head. You know, you know what a Dalek is. Yeah, you know, it looks like a, a someone stapled a Slinter Nimoy head to the top of it. It's what it sort of reminded me of. Yeah, yeah. And but you use these nubs if you run into them in certain directions, they go. In I thought certain that directions. was super awesome. And that, what I liked about it was that's very clever. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about them is that you there are a couple times where you, I was ran into these things two or three times, and you can move them close to you. And you can jump on them, and then you can jump to your thing. So you have to sort of scope where you want to put them. You can also use them to push stuff, you know, which is kind of cool. They can. The, the chat is saying that it's supposed to be a Prince Charles head on yeah, a Dalek. I did read that. Oh, so I got the Dalek part right. I read about the Prince Charles. It, uh, to me, 
Did it look like Prince Charles to you? I, I don't really... You know, Prince Charles is one of those faces that's like indelibly pressed into oh, my head. I know so. it pretty good, but I mean, I, it, to me, it looked more like Leonard Nimoy. But maybe mm -hmm. again, I'm American, I don't know. so <clears throat> it doesn't matter. So, you, but you can move the remote control thing. I thought was neat. Uh, you'll get to some areas that are real abstract, like the little helicopter thing might take you up to a level, and there's. When you get up there, all you can do is jump into the ab abyss. Yeah, I found that to be strangely uh, disconcerting because in most games, <laughs> when you do that, that means it's the end, you know. But in this game, you just fall down and you kind of float down to the, and you just continue your journey. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, there's also blocks in here that will that will disintegrate, so you have to be quick. I'll mm -hmm. tell you something. There were a couple elements in this where you had to jump on those disintegrating blocks and then quickly jump to the next block and then quick, and or like, if you're, if one of the archways is up in the air, and so you have to go through these things quick, mm -hmm. and if you don't, you're dead, or you fall down to the level below, depending right, on where you you're at. Right, you gotta start all over again. And I mean, so you had to have some semblance of control. Now, before we get any further, I wanna, I wanna talk about uh, something I read and what I did. As I mentioned, you can switch between these guys, all right, and eventually you can get them together. Now. Uh, I, I read someone talking about a way to have them together immediately. Really? And so I tried it, and it worked. Huh. <laughs> and so what you do is, there's a little, I'm sure I'm sure everyone that's played this game for 20 years knows this already, but mm -hmm. if you're like me and you're new to it, I thought it was amusing. There's an area, like I mentioned, where there's a fence between your yeah, guys. Yeah, it's like the opening screen almost. If you move your guys on either side of the fence and look at each other mm -hmm. and start hopping, and while you're hopping, you switch to the other guy, and that guy hops. Eventually, if you do it enough times, or if you get the timing right, the head will take an extra jump in the air. He'll clear kind the fence. Kind of double jump, yeah. He, and then he, you could, you could unite them. So I went, so I started doing that every time to get both of them together to go through. Did you find it advantageous to have both of them together? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I did or not. Uh, what happened to me in this game a lot, and, and uh, was I would get to a point. There was a, and it happened to me in this one room a bunch of times. There was there's slide puzzles. Well, if you slide these, and I know someone's gonna be like, "Oh, all you have to do is this," but I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I would slide this block I needed to jump on into a corner, and you couldn't get it, and out. I couldn't get it out. Same thing happened to and me. And I would leave the room and come back, and it would it wouldn't reset. Right. I would die. It wouldn't mm -hmm. reset. So I was screwed. Yeah. And what sucks is I was, of course, I was playing with save states. Well, you're you're, you're screwed. You screwed if, yeah. your save state up too because mm -hmm. you can't. So I'd have to start the game all over. So I played through the same rooms a bunch of times, you know. Uh, and so it, was, it reminded me a little bit. It's like a less hard, less frantic manic miner. He's like, okay, I've done this room twenty times. There's a there's a, the jumping element is in this is interesting. When you jump, you don't have to touch any. You don't have to touch a direction. The guy just jumps forward mm -hmm. and it's a it's the same every time mm -hmm. except for that one glitch and so you have to gauge and it's not that tough you, with the way the grid patterns are set up on the floor to gauge where your guys gonna land that, yeah that's one of the the great things about this game is that grid pattern because it allows you to judge distance very well that much said you will still have situations that come up where you miss because the of the lack of depth mm -hmm. you know and it, it happens a lot uh, I know right away, one of the first things I did was there are these teleport pads. And so you can jump on them, you hit the jump button and teleport. Mm -hmm. right? You do that right away if you right. play normal. Then there's these other pads that when you jump on, they instantly kill you. Oh. Yeah. I didn't and, run any oh, of those. Oh, yeah. And so 
that would happen. That would happen occasionally, uh, where you would, where you would, where I would come across. I remember, in fact, one in particular. There was a room where these the blocks would disintegrate, mm-hmm. and I would stand on top of a block. It would disintegrate, and what's underneath it? The kill spot. You're in your your toes. That's it. Yeah. You know, so you're cool. <clears throat> I thought the uh, I thought the rooms had a lot of diversity. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what they were able to pull off with just um, um, this sort of gimmick. The um, with, with limited architecture, they put up quite a bit of stuff. They made the puzzles interesting. Like I said, there are some that are timing-based. The ones with the elevators, at first you just jump on an elevator, but eventually as you go through further, they get more and more tricky. You have to jump, and you're, like I said, there are these areas that have like a, uh, that are just empty. It, and there may be one or two blocks, and you've got to hit these two disintegratable blocks and then jump up and get to that door. There's one in particular where you fall from the other level that I was in, and you have to, you know, because when you're in the air, you can sort of guide head. Yeah. And I had to guide him towards the door, and he fell into the door. There was no way to get to the door mm-hmm. except from above. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Did you yeah, get that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, that I will say that the floaty jump mechanic is good. It works. This yeah. is not like Virtual Fighter. This right. is what you want. Yeah, yeah, in some games you don't want a floaty jump. In this game you absolutely do because you can position yourself pretty well as you're kind of going along. Yes, absolutely. What was your take on this? I mean, when you started up, you, I'm guessing you hadn't played this before this no. week, right? I, like, much like you, I was pleasantly surprised by the variety of puzzles. I was expecting it to be, uh, you know, your 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 basic puzzler figure. I was not expecting the Prince Charles head on the Dalek. That's for sure. Um, I thought that for a game called Head Over Heels, um, they should have incorporated head and heels working together from a much earlier time. You know, like I wanted to start out with head and heels and be moving you know guys around and setting things up from almost the get go. To me, that's a missed opportunity. I think did, that they should have brought the two guys together. Did you ever right get to the, the point where they you could get them? No. In fact, I watched a playthrough after I got done, and I was far, far away from where that happened. Yeah, so. I mean, there's 300 screws. <coughs> that's uh, which I was I was happy to get to actually hook them back up. Now, uh, there were a, <laughs> one of the spots I got to uh, where I couldn't get over uh, up to a certain window. I actually used uh, heels to jump off of mm-hmm. because when you when you touch him you're not joined until you join you're right. basically so basically if, and I was able to get to the next room but I couldn't get him in there he's <laughs> oh. basically boned and so you you know which you don't need him but I mean since I, since when you come across the wall this is a guess when I when the, with the cheat and I came across the wall and I'm on his side the puzzles I guess are geared more toward him wait you're you're basically boned yeah uh, the puzzles in this are t- tough, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And but I mean, I didn't ever think that they were unfair. Um, I felt like the, the jump-based puzzles, although they were challenging, I never felt like, boy, I'll never be able to get this no matter how hard I try. Now, one of the downfalls of this game is that you do have limited lives, and once it's game over, it's game over, man. Yeah. And, um, and if you and if if you uh, if you use up all your lives for one guy, I mean, you're pretty much boned. Yeah. Right. I mean. Yeah. I, so I know you have to have. I know at some point in the game, which a, a point that I never got to this week, uh, you have to have them both to complete mazes. Now I never got to that point, and especially that I had both of them. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I um, there were things that would happen to me. Either I would lose all my men, or I would get in a, in a situation where I just I got a couple points. I just couldn't figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, uh, so. Now Dumb I will me. say because I played, I had a cup of coffee, as it were, with Batman. Well, with the Batman. Oh yeah. And that, um, you mean for this week, or you played it before? Before. Oh, and okay. I will say that I enjoyed this game much more than Batman. Uh, this game has a lot more charm. I think the variety in this game is a lot better. I think Batman actually came after this, but uh, I prefer Head Over Heels uh, in a big way. 
Uh, I read the interview with the fellow that you sent me over, uh, the magazine article, and he's <laughs> he's a pretty interesting guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's funny how games were done back in those days. It's 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 so it's very different. off the cuff sort of. <laughs> it's so thing. different than yeah. the, than what the way it's done now. You know, it's real crazy. Uh, but you know, when you do a game like this, one thing I liked in the article mentioned this is that. Uh, they would just have their artist just send over whatever he had. Mm-hmm. And so this game is um, bizarre. There's a lot of bizarre, just like the the uh, the Dalek with the head thing. It's a lot of bizarre stuff going on. Just the whole premise of it's bizarre. The one thing about this game that struck me was, remember when we played... Um, Way back on the Amigas, we did that uh, uh, the, the dwarves game. We always uh, the, with the three dwarves. Yeah, Lost Vikings. Lost Vikings. Right? There's this sort of had a, this sort of reminded me of that in a, in a way that you could team up and you could also. Well, except for the fact that like in Lost Vikings, you have to team up right off the bat That's to get right. stuff done. That's right. But one thing about Lost Vikings, it was it was uh, this is so bizarre that it, I don't. I'm thinking myself. I kept thinking to myself if you used. Like, if you came up with a better premise for the backstory of this, and you use like, actual people, like, made a spy thing, something, I mean, I think you could really make a really cool, serious game. Now, I'm not sure not everyone wants serious, but this game is really weird. It's just, like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on, and since they admitted that they just took whatever cool art that they had and put it in the game, it made it, I mean, that's also sort of a British thing, I think. These, we've played several of these really out-there games, and this is another one that's really, really strange. Something else, occasionally music will just kick up. The music in this was actually, this is probably some of the best music we've heard on the Spectrum, I thought. the uh, like, like A couple places you'll go, they'll be playing how much is that dog in the window, you know, or these little ditties. It is weird how it's, like, some room, and it, it always takes you by surprise. Um, it's loud, of course. Yeah, oh yeah, well, there's only one volume of the Spectrum music. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I think this game would lose a lot of its charm if you took away the sort of wacky elements. It would lose all of its charm yeah. if you did that. But, I mean, I'm talking this would be a more serious game. With, it's a mission. I mean, you could take this engine. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Batman was like this. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. I mean, Batman is exactly like this, except it's 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 Batman. Um, you know, you're, you're still solving puzzles. In fact, you're doing the same sorts of things. There's conveyor belts and stuff. Um, but they couldn't make it as wacky because they were confined to the you know, the realm of the Batman universe. Versus in this game, anything was on the table because it's a freaking dog. I thought it was interesting thing. the article where he mentioned that the that Ocean got the Batman license for Peanuts because the movie hadn't came out. Oh, <laughs> and so it ended up being a very valuable license. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was kind of cool. But yeah, the uh, 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 overall, this is a, I, I enjoyed this game. I mean, a lot. I thought it was a lot. I spent a lot of time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot like, you know, when we started, when we signed on to do our Sinclair, I thought, okay, these are going to be a lot of rules. I was thinking a step up from like the Atari 2600, something like that. It's amazing to me how advanced, uh, and I'm not just Absolutely. blowing smoke here. I'm dead serious. I mean, it blows my mind how, this is no, uh, uh, just like uh, we've already covered a couple of these games. They're no walk in the park, brother. No. They put a lot of thought into these things. These puzzles didn't just make themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. someone had to sit around and really crank their brain out just like uh, Manic Miner. To try to come up with all these, uh, it, it's quite astounding. And it, like I said, it plays well. Now, I will say, uh, amongst my criticisms, uh, the controls on this, you really have to get in the mindset of isometric, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. It's, like, for same, example, it's just like playing Q-Bird. It's like the same kind right. of thing you have Let to Let me give you an example. In the first room, remember where you've got those three shelves and you can jump up and you can get that power up? Yeah. 
and it took me forever to figure out how to get my to, to maneuver my guy because when you move over your guy doesn't move over because you're in an isometric universe so that part does take a while to get used to but once you sort of can lock your brain into it you sort of forget about what you're doing and then it then it's okay what was the game we we covered a while back with the robots and remember they because in their manual it said Turn your stick sideways. It's basically, and that's what this game is the same yeah, way. Yeah, Quasitron. Quasitron. You mm -hmm. turn turn that sucker sideways, mm -hmm. as a rock would say, but don't yeah. finish what he says. And but uh, what does the rock say? Turn it, show it straight up your candy, etc. Oh, yeah, that's I didn't know the rock said that. I thought that was some other guy. Oh no, that was the rock. Okay, but it really, I, I found that to help a little. I tried to play this with the keyboard. Hmm hard <laughs> i would not want to attempt this with a keyboard <laughs> it's, it's pretty hard yeah there were and, and just think about like you know the spectrum when when this was out there were tons of people playing this on the keyboard they played everything on the keyboard they didn't have the kempston interface well they weren't made of money god bless mr kempston yeah and, and, uh but uh, there was so much of this game i didn't see that i can't even imagine what else i went through it. i had a fun time watching the playthrough yeah i went through and, and, and watched a lot of it and it's just it's pleasant. It's a very pleasant game. Even the frustrating parts, I st I never felt like, boy, this is just drudgery. And I did feel that way with Lost Vikings. And I will say yes. And I will say that uh, the one thing about having these small, it's again, it's I, I, this is not like I mean, Miner was stress pounding you down. You yeah. had to get there nonstop, so it's yeah. not like that. But this is a more leisurely puzzle. It is, game. and you've got you walk, now. And generally, you're not going to get instantly screwed the right. second you come in. You don't do something immediately. Now right. there are some, there are plenty of levels where they're just random killers roaming mm. around. You got to jump over them or avoid them. But for the most part, you're okay. At least the parts I saw. Uh, but uh, um, it, there's something to be said for these one room at a time. You know, out flip the flip screen things. I kind of like that because it, it does lets you, feel a little more like leisure. And, and it sets everything out in front of you. You know that everything you need to complete this puzzle is in this room. Yeah, and that's a good feeling. And the graphics really are astounding, yeah. aren't they? This reminded me of something. I, I, I'm surprised that this didn't get a Mac release. This reminds me of something you play on your oh, Mac. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, doesn't just, I mean, I can think you imagine this, that with the with the with the Max graphics? If this would have come monochrome. out from an American developer, I think it probably would have got a classic and Mac. Release. You could have easily monochrome this thing up. Now I will say the colors in this are straight up solid. They change every screen, but there's no, there's no real color clash or any weird. I mean, it is what it is. It's, is it the most colorful game? Absolutely no. not. You know, the rooms are different colored. Yeah. But I mean, and they're that's pleasant enough. Mm -hmm. Really, uh, graphically, uh, this one's right up there at the top of the heap. It's just, it's a, it's a gorgeous game. I Absolutely. think. Uh, and like I said, Mac, it reminded me a lot of the Mac games yeah. we played. Uh, we weren't the only ones that dug it, by the way. I'm assuming you dug it. I um, did. I did. Um, so, I looked up some reviews on this thing. Uh, your Sinclair gave it a 9 out of 10 in the June 87 uh, issue. Uh, Crash gave it a 97%, which is a huge. Uh, it it also got uh, your, your Sinclair and Sinclair User both gave it 9 out of 10. Uh, we both uh, got a Crash Smash Award, which I'm guessing that's the big game of the month. Oh, yeah. It got the Sinclair User SU Classic. Mm. Uh, it was also... Uh, on other computers, it was very. I didn't. Re this blew my mind when I read this. I got to add it. In the Amstrad Action Magazine, they gave they made they named this the tenth best Amstrad game of all time. Wow! And the Amiga Power gave us the twenty fourth best game of all time on the Amiga. We're gonna try that. How did we miss that? The twenty fourth. That's best what Amiga game Power said. Amiga? Amiga Power. Wow. Um, now. This is another added bit of wackiness here, but I looked this up on eBay. What's it tell you about the Amiga catalog that this is the 24th best game on the Amiga Spectrum port? Well, listen, 
it's a good game. I might knock you it. Know? I might knock and, and it. And it may. I mean, I I saw some. Uh, there's a PC version of this as well. We were talking about on Discord, and it looked good. Mm-hmm. It was full color. You know, this game is not ruined by adding color. No, but it's not ruined by not having it either. Yeah. So I looked this up on eBay. Now, you know, whenever we look up these Sinclair games, it's a mixed bag, isn't it, Boat? Uh, well, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, it just depends. Because cassettes are just so, they're, they're such an ephemeral format. So they're so easily ruined. Well, get this, okay? These are, these are I, I found this game uh, on eBay, and these are items that have already sold. I want to tell you these numbers. In the UK, this sold for the cassette, the full cassette, 32 bucks, 40 bucks. And a couple of them sold for sixty-five bucks. So this is a high-dollar game. Now, right now, if you hurry, there's one on eBay right now for eight bucks mm. that you. But I, to start off, who knows where it'll go? Right. That's probably the most expensive card I think we've covered. That's that's expensive for a cartridge or a cassette. I mean, excuse work. me, a mm-hmm. cassette. So, you know, won't be adding this one to the collection. I'm afraid. No, but no. still, this was another lovely surprise. I well, enjoyed it. Our Discord uh, reviewers, uh, they they agree. I agree. Oh, okay. Graham Vebke says, Influenced by Ant Attack and Night Lore, Head Over Heels <laughs> improves on those games by using a floor grid for better judging of objects. Yes. It requires mapping and some practice to complete a tough but fair game. It's well worth the effort to complete this isometric puzzle adventure. Nine out of ten. Mm. High praise from Graham. Yes. Chris Fold says, I have fell head over heels in love with this game, just oh, like me and Claire Danes. Uh, one I skipped as a kid, but now with the advancement of patience, maps, and save states, save states very important, I have come to find it's genius. Loses a point for being a bit too hard. Eight out of ten. And finally, Pixels at Dawn rounds out our review roundup with, I really wanted to love this game and fully expected to, but after putting some time into it, while I loved the quirkiness and the graphics, I found the controls difficult and there were far too many times I got suddenly killed by completely innocuous objects in a game with limited lives. A shame, but not a game I will return to. Six out of ten. There, there I mean... Again, I didn't get all the way through it by any stretch, but there are there is a lot of there are so many different elements in it that uh, are unique. I don't think I've ever seen some of this stuff in there that I I dug it. Now that much said, the controls really are the linchpin. Mm-hmm. If you can adjust your brain, and the funny thing is, I would sit down with the keyboard and go right to work like it was no problem, mm-hmm. and then I would come back and sit down and I'd be like an idiot. And so you had to get yourself in that that mind you know, space, yeah. And then once mm-hmm. you get in there. You're okay, and even still, you're, like I said, the lack of depth and the and the isometric angles, it's going to play with the, your jumping and stuff a little bit, just like Super Mario or Mario 64 did. When you, you know, there's going to be some judgment oh, yeah. issues, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But overall, another winner. And once I finish up with the minor, this one's next on the docket. Yeah, that may be a while. <laughs> hey guys, uh, if you enjoy our Sinclair uh, and you want to watch us live record this show, uh, you can join us uh, every Friday around 5:30 Eastern time. Uh, we usually record our Amiga podcast first, Amigos, and then we do our Sinclair right afterwards. You can join the fine folks in chat, like uh, Gary James is here. Free Lunch, Graham Vebke, Duncan Styles, Henrik Anderson, Treyguard 1982, Pixels at Dawn, uh, Dazzly. Thanks, guys, so much for being here with the us. Lobsterminator X. Yeah, Lobsterminator. Uh, it's, it's, it's always a good time over in the chat. We record this uh, live on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, Amigos Retro Gaming, uh, please do. Mm. Um, we also want to thank our fine, fine Patreon supporters. Uh, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut. 
Graham Vebke, Frodo NL, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Folds, Paul Harrington, and Christopher Hassall. Uh, if you'd like to support R. Sinclair, you can go to patreon.com slash R. Sinclair to do so. We'd love to have you. Uh, if you join up with Clive's Club, you can even pick the games that we uh, we do every week. And they're, they're on fire. They they're are. On fire. They're only picking winners. Uh, next week, Aaron, we are going to go back to the shooter realm. Okay. One of, you, one of your favorite genres, and we're going to play one of your favorite games, I think. Okay. We're going to play R-Type. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've heard, boy, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So I'm looking forward to trying that one out. I've played our type on many different systems. Cool, it's going to be awesome. Well, guys, thanks as always for listening and or watching. And until next week, rewind tape and press play.